Welcome to On Fighting in Thailand, the best news and analysis covering the economics and infrastructure of Muay Thai. I'm Matt Lucas, journalist, commentator, and ex-Muay Thai fighter. Make stronger fighters, make stronger people. Today we will be talking to Teddy Mulvo. Uh, I think I just murdered his last name, uh, even though he specifically told me it before we did this show. So sorry about that, Teddy. But we will be talking to Teddy Mulville as part of our series on commentating. Um, if you'd like to reach me, you can follow me on Instagram, mattlucasbkk, or email me at a.mattlucas at gmail.com. Thanks to all the people that have supported me so far, sharing the podcast, leaving reviews. Uh, if you'd like to leave a review, that would be super helpful. You can do so on the iTunes store. Also, I want to personally thank a few people, Vinny Scotto, Patrick Rivera, Dave Brooks, Sean Madden, Wendell Galano, and Chris Tran for helping me out recently with uh, camera equipment. I was able to do a new Behind the Fight uh, with Andy Hausen. Uh, that's on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. It's a three-minute documentary on uh, Andy Hausen, who's a very credentialed fighter out of the UK, fights out of the same gym as Liam Harrison, Bad Company, and Leeds. Uh, Hausen has been in a lot of wars in the past. He's fought Damien Trainer. He's fought uh, Boom Watana. He's just had a very storied career. He's signed up to fight at one championship against the upcoming Josh Tona uh, from Australia. So that should be a really good scrap. Um, also, I'm very, very excited to announce the release of my recent book. Uh, I've mentioned it before. It's called I'm Fighting in Thailand, A Guide to the Sport in the Motherland. Uh, so after years of hard work, studying, and being in the game, I've decided to publish this Muay Thai encyclopedia. It's a clear guide. It goes over scoring, matchmaking, picking a fight, fight, uh, picking a gym, fight styles, gambling, the culture, and much more. It also has a series of interviews with long-term expat fighters uh, like Michael Savas, Willie Whipple, Lisa Brealey, Angela Chang, and others. Um, the book is meant to educate and help guide people in their careers by helping fighters uh, from making costly mistakes. Um, and it's written from a lot of personal experience as well. Uh, just being out here for uh, over four years, fighting out here, managing people out here, cornering people, commentating, working in gyms, working in social media. Um, I feel like I've gotten a lot of different looks at the game, and I wanted to really give something qualitative back to the sport. Uh, so the official release is February 1st. Um, you can find it on Amazon. Just type in I'm Fighting in Thailand, or you can easily find it uh, through my website, matt-lucas.com. Uh, so m-a-t-t-l-u-c-a-s.com. Uh, it's pinned at the top. You can get shipped right to your door um, as a print copy or as an ebook. Uh, thanks, as always, to my sponsors as well, um, Nakamoy Legends, for their continued support of the show. They create some great Muay Thai apparel with portions of the proceeds going back to the legends they celebrate. 
All the superstars have been paid for for their images as well. Uh, you can check out their gear at www.knockmoylegends.com. You can use On Fighting to get 15% off your order. And they are coming up with a Saint Tianoi uh, shirt. I, I helped sign him in December. We're going through the process of doing the design for it. It should be out shortly. It will be a great, um, a great, great uh, shirt. I'm very excited about it. Um, also, along with my last book, or my recent book, I also have the previous book, The Boxer's Soliloquy. It's a series of interconnected Muay Thai stories. Uh, it's fiction, so definitely different from this uh, most recent um, Fighting in Thailand book, which is nonfiction. Um, so if you like one, you'll probably like the other. Um, also, thanks as always to Patrick Rivera for helping me get this show going. Um, I am attending the Muay Thai Business Summit uh, in Stockton. It's going to be in late February. Um, I highly encourage people to attend. Um, I am doing a talk on publicity. Um, I'm very excited. It's a three-day seminar, uh, including a, a Malapet workshop, a clinch workshop. Then we do um, a day of workshops and conferences and then a hot seat where we, you get to go over the problems plaguing your specific business in Muay Thai. Uh, it's going to be a lot of really knowledgeable people in it, including Brian Dobler and others. Um, also coming up is the WBC Muay Thai convention. That is in mid-March. Uh, that's going to be outstanding. I recently did an interview with uh, Kevin Noon, who is the general secretary of the WBC Muay Thai. Uh, that interview will be coming out next week. We run over the interview. Also, the, he's going to put on some amazing fights uh, at Lumpini on the last day. It goes from the March 14th to 16th. It's in Bangkok, Thailand. It includes a Muay Thai referee and judging seminar and some amazing fights. Uh, Yusuf Bonham is fighting Sogra Pet Indy. Uh, Chai Sitsong Pinong is returning to the stadiums to take on uh, the Brazilian Luis Kajaba, who's very, very accomplished. Um, he has a Thailand national belt. He beat Chad Collins for a WBC belt. Uh, just tons of talent on the card. There's six belts in total, um, including one uh, boxing fight, so it's going to be great. Um, but now for a little bit about Teddy Mulville, um, who uh, is our guest today. Um, he first came out to Thailand over 14 years ago. Uh, he left his 9 to 5 job doing insurance and brokers uh, annuity. Um, and he moved out here uh, to Thailand, Bangkok specifically. Uh, he was playing basketball uh, regularly. He's a very, very tall fellow. Um, and he kept getting punked. That's what he said. So uh, he wanted to do some stand-up and learn how to defend himself, so he started doing Muay Thai. Uh, that basically led him into meeting Andrew Jones, who got him connected with the Ambassador Fight Night, where he started to do his first commentating. He worked there for about a year, um, 
and then he started working for Kunlun. Um, he got that through uh, meeting uh, Sasan, um, and he worked with Kevin Noon for Kunlun for a while. Then he moved on to Channel 7, where he was there for a year and a half. Now he is working for the very popular UFC Fight Pass uh, Absolute Muay Thai show, uh, which has shows at the major stadiums, Roger Demner, Lumpini, and Blue Arena in Bangkok. Uh, him and his co-host, Jason Strout, recently uh, covered an excellent pet indie show. Um, what was it? It was on third... It was on... Uh, I'm getting my days mixed up. It was on Monday... It was an excellent show with Prowl uh, Pet Indy fighting. Um, also, Diesel Lack, uh, Pet Indy fought. Lanyomo Warbatana was on the card as, mo as well. It was a great show. Lots of lightweight action. Um, so, Teddy is definitely an experienced hand in the game. Um, you know, so without further ado, the interview with Teddy Molo. Thank you so much, Teddy Mulvey, for coming on the show today. How are you doing? Uh, doing well, man. Good to be here. Thanks. Good. So describe a day in the life of working a show out here in Thailand. You work for Absolute Muay Thai, which yes, has uh, three venues, uh, Blue Arena, Raja Demner, and Lumpini. It's shown on UFC Fight Pass. Yes. So give me a rundown of what working a show is like. So uh, I'll get there maybe like an hour early and... Um we usually just, I'll get there, and then we'll just start roasting each other. Like, usually, once we get in there, we just start making fun of each other immediately. Mm -hmm. uh, me and the, uh, the guys there. And then from then, we'll do a, uh, an intro. We'll look over the guys. We'll see what we're going to talk about in the intro and all that stuff. Um, try and look over the fights and stuff. Just do a little bit of a prep meeting. Mostly not. I don't need to be there. It's all, like, uh, lighting and, and, and mics and stuff. Um, and after that, we cut a, uh, we just hang out. We have some food. Maybe drink a beer. Um, and then uh, then we cut our intro, just like Welcome to Absolute Muay Thai 59, Teddy Mulve and Jason Strout. And then we'll talk about the main event. That's it. And then 30 minutes later, we just hit the show, do a little mic check, and then go live. That's it. Um, not much prep. I've never, I, I'm never that good with that much prep. Mm -hmm. Anytime I have to do a script or I'm too prepped out, it just feels so forced. Yeah. So I tend not to do that. And I just go on the fly. That's it. And normally you work with Jason Strout, yes. correct? Um, yeah. So Jason is a long-term fighter trainer yeah. from New York City. He's out here sort of on contract for uh, these shows. Yeah. Um, what is it like working with Jason? Horrible. Um, it's absolutely <laughs> horrible. He's, uh, he's, is it because of his long hair? It's all his of it. Beard, it's all of it. Or he's or so the... frustrating to work with. Um, he's so inappropriate in the group chat. Um, makes fun of me all the time. Um, anytime well, I try I can, and give him like a lob, like just a you're setup. a tall target. So. Exactly. But I'll set him up with a lob and he'll just not dunk it. Like I'll just be like, really, you know what you were going to say <laughs> and he purposely won't say it. So yeah. Yeah. Hate it. I hate it. Yep. Terrible. <laughs> just Terrible. kidding. He's awesome. He's awesome. But it is frustrating to work with him sometimes, but he's awesome. Yeah. What it, have you, you've obviously worked with a handful of different people yeah. during your career span. Um, you've done the ambassador, you've uh -huh. done Kunlun, you've done channel seven. What is it like working with different people? Um, 
Damn, that's a tough one. I guess like it's just it's just uh, you just got to get a flow for it for them. You know what I mean? As long as you get into a, like a flow, I guess that's not really like saying anything. Like somebody trying to get into into the game or something would be like, "What does he mean by a flow?" But you just got to get into a, like a conversation. No, everyone knows because you're in a conversation somewhere and you meet somebody and it's a great conversation. Mm-hmm. And then you meet someone and you're like, "Oh my god, this is pulling teeth right now. This is so bad." So you just gotta kind of flow with the person. So working with different people, it's whether you gotta jump in or not. Like John Nutt, you let him go. Yeah, you know what I mean, and then you just you just ride the wave, mm-hmm. and then Jason, no, I I, I got to do it, and then kind of go to him for any info. Actually, he does jump in with a lot of info now. We're getting a lot like more comfortable and stuff. Yeah, before it's kind of like that. Uh, Aaron is like such a fifty fifty. That dude, I, that dude might be the best in the game, pound for pound. Mm-hmm. Aaron, Aaron's on bond. Tell you the truth. Um, so that one is just like a smooth ride. So sometimes you step back, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You just got to figure out the person. I think that's the. Uh, the initial like meeting well, once you know someone you know someone yeah. like, you gotta talk to the guy like before I worked with Jason I called him up like two or three times just to talk to him just to yeah. sort of chit chat uh-huh. get to know him a bit uh-huh, yeah, also yeah. sort of get some of the yeah. little basic formula exactly. down for it I do that with Andrew Whitelaw too um, at the end of this month I'll go back to Burma and do uh, Letway again mm. and so yeah before I did with Whitelaw I gave him a call you know we did like a Skype thing and stuff just to kind of see when they like, some people they do like another beat. Like I know when Jason's gonna stop talking. You gotta know John Nutt will come with something different. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? John will say something, and then say something again. <laughs> and you know what I mean? And that if you stumble over that gem, you're gonna you're gonna lose the jewel because that's his mm-hmm. jewel sometimes. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you think he's done. So you gotta give John that one more beat. So yeah. he just crushes it. <laughs> something like that. Where Aaron's more of like a steady. Like when he's yeah. done talking, he's done talking. That kind of stuff. So when you're commentating a show specifically at the stadiums, what are you looking for, and what are what's sort of your point of view when you're commentating? Okay, I would first off, I just looked at the fighters, right? Mm-hmm. That's all you do. You just look at the fighters, and you're just like, oh my god, how do I have this job? How am I not fired yet? Like, what is going on? This is amazing. Uh, then you start. Then I started looking at like positioning. Like where they were standing, how they were standing. Now I'm looking at corners, referees. I'm looking at the grandma. I'm looking at the betters. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at everything. I'm constantly moving around, constantly mm-hmm. looking at the time, see what time it is. Constantly looking at their eyes. Are they looking down? Are they looking up? How many times do they look at their cornermen? Everything. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. But all that just came with time. Yeah. It's weird. It's just like your brain just sort of starts to you well, start to pro- process the information a lot yeah, faster. Yeah, yeah. So when you see a fighter. Gl- glance quickly up at the clock you can tell they're tired uh-huh, yep, they want yeah. out you know oh they're <laughs> yeah. looking at the the corner yeah. they don't know what's going on yeah. in the fight they yeah. need direction they're sure. feeling a little lost mm-hmm. um you know exa- yep. some of those sort of things sure. oh like and sometimes you look at the corner man and he's like super excited yep. or they're feeling sort of crestfallen because their guy is getting beat up or yep. You know, whatever. Are they giving them? Are they giving them actual information, or are they just hyping them up, like yeah. screaming at them, like "Why are you here? Where's your heart?" That yeah. kind of thing. Or are they like step to the left? He's constantly coming with this, or you know, mm-hmm. things like that. You, you see that, and you're like, "Damn, what's going on there?" Uh, so stuff like that. It just it just happens. I used to always have to look at the names, and then one day my brain just stopped. Now I just look at the name, and now I just know them. Mm. Like I don't know. I used to always have to look down at the paper, and then one day I just felt like my brain was just like, "Oh, we need to remember this," and it yeah. just turned on one day. And now I just <laughs> do you ever have? Um, I know sometimes what I will do when I commentate is I will 
call the person by their name, but also I will refer to them as Blue and Red Corner as well. Sometimes um, I do. Some, sometimes if, like, I forget or mm-hmm. the person has a particularly difficult name. I'm not the best at pronunciation, so... Yeah, I'll do that. I'll, I'll try and switch it up, too. Like, call them, like, the Bangkok native or the Isan native. Yeah. Like, just kind of stuff like that. Just to switch it up because it gets so boring. Yeah. I'm pretty good at their names. I probably butcher the the sound and the pronunciation of it, but it's good enough for the mm-hmm. Western. Yeah. Like the they we- Westerners they think can't I'm tell. Yeah, Westerners yeah. can't yeah. tell. Jason's horrible at it. He yeah, literally his... pronounces his DHs like he says, like Thailand. You're like, are you serious? Are you serious? <laughs> it's not Phuket. Stop. So, like, yeah, some people read that. Um, so, <laughs> right now, you are working for Absolute Muay Thai, which yeah. has the three locations Blue Arena, uh-huh. Lumpini, and um, Raja Demner. Can you talk a little bit about what each of those shows is like? Um, I, I'm obviously. I'm pretty familiar with Raja and Lumpini, but I, I've actually never been to Blue Arena. Dude, it's like my... It's, we stopped doing it for a little while for like other reasons, um, different reasons behind the scenes and stuff. I think we're going to get back on it. So we stopped that for a while, but that was becoming my favorite. Mm-hmm. So it's basically small. It's small as shit. It's so small. And it's like a high school, you know? And there's like three... The stadium's like three steps up, three mm-hmm. or four steps up. And it is all betters. Mm-hmm. And then, and I've said this on the microphone before, it's, it's like 90% betters, 5% family, and 5% workers. That's really it. Mm-hmm. And it's the atmosphere is awesome and it's insane. And I think that the fighters want to get out of there so they want to show out rather than some fighters that want to keep their spot in mm-hmm. some fights where they can take it, they can, they can win and run away, or they can, take, they can take time off, or they can just point their way to a win. Mm-hmm. They don't really necessarily have to show out show up I feel like these guys are like I'm gonna knock this guy out so everyone talks about me and I'll be in Lumpini making big money Mm -hmm. so it kind of gets really exciting in that way so uh, that's like it's small it's intimate sorry I'm I'm going off I'm going off key it's small it's intimate um, and it's just it's not like dirty or grungier but it has that feeling of like like a top high school Mm -hmm. or like a low level like if you ever go to like a D2 basketball game where they're just dunking and crushing it and you're like oh my god this is so exciting this is D2 Mm -hmm. it's like that it's like that it's so exciting it's so cool and so small and the crowd's right there so Blue Arena sort of serves as a stepping stone for a lot of the other I think it does yeah I think think it does yeah sure I don't think they're gonna have a belt there you know yeah it's gonna be yeah yep you gotta win there and then move up uh, I mean, I've seen when I was working at FA Group, there were guys there that would fight at for decent money, like thirty, forty thousand baht at Blue Arena, and oh, okay. the the next move would be, you know, the main stadium somewhere. Yeah, um, and they don't take the rounds off either. Not many people were taking off round one yeah. and two. They, they were so going right at it. They were going right at it early. How would you compare that with uh, Channel Seven? You worked there for a year, year um, and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So compare that to Channel Seven. The same feel as far as you're like packed in, mm-hmm. and there's not that much room because Lumpini and it's so it's so open. It's like a stadium, yeah. like a real stadium. And, and Raja is dope because they have like that the, the step seating. I I really like that. Just that open like step seating, like outdoor seating. So. I think Channel 7 has the same feel. So I would mm-hmm. say, Raj, it's good that you asked. I would say, Raj, I would, sorry, I would say Blue Arena would be a mini Channel 7. Because mm-hmm. Channel 7's exciting as shit, too. Yeah, it's That's good. So, it's like a powerhouse. Yeah, I think it's like the cramped, yeah. the crampedness. The, everything feels more intense, yeah. and it concentrates everything and you, a lot. And you want that feel, I feel like, the way we grew up with those movies, like... 
Van Damme and all these movies like we want to go like when I first went to I think it was Lumpini no it's definitely Lumpini it was definitely Lumpini before they shut it down and built the other one rain was coming through the roof yeah literally rain was coming <laughs> through the roof and I was so tall I was like hitting my head on stuff I was there with my brother and I was like dude this is the Kumite this is insane and that's I think you want that I don't think most people want I think the fighters would probably want it to look like the Great Western Forum and look like and the then, Staples Center so if they, you know what I mean but I think especially foreigners who come in we want that like look at this like almost look at the betters are right over you throwing yeah. papers and stuff you're like god damn this, someone's gonna die <laughs> it definitely makes yeah. it much more intense yeah. and like I said concentrated but there's like, something about Raja though that tops everything in my opinion yeah. there's well, something about Raja that tops it, when Raja is filled holy it's shit it's like dude. the roar of the stadium is so crazy and the look of the stadium the just look the way and, it's laid out yeah I don't know man I love it dude the um, last birthday show on oh, last December yeah, yeah. they had like a pretty good um, turnout I think it was 6.2 or 3 um, million bot uh, I interviewed uh, the guy from the promoter of Chef Boontam, who, who was a promoter for the show, and mm. the numbers did very well. And it's just packed. Yeah. And, like, so you hear this oh. constant roar of, like, it sounds almost like a waterfall. Yeah. And now oh. they start banging, now they start banging yeah. on the Coca-Cola signs yeah, people. now. They lean over and start banging <laughs> on it, and that gives you just thunder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's it's, something about it. It's really, really cool. It's my favorite. So, um, because you work um, at Blue Arena and sort um, or Blue Arena, and you mentioned the gamblers, how does that impact the game? Because usually the first two rounds in a lot of sort of shows that are more gambling uh, based, the fighters take re- yeah, you know yeah, time, take time off. off. Yeah, sure. So, how do you think that impacts the show quality and sort of entertainment of it? Um, it depends on whether you're balls deep in it or not. Mm-hmm. I think if you're coming for a regular, if you're just a person coming to see the show to tick a box that you saw it in Thailand, you're going to want them to go crazy right from the start. But yeah. I think if you're, if you really know more Thai, I'm starting to really like that takeoff because I really don't think they're taking it off that much. Yeah. I really don't. I think they're building their game plans. I think they're doing a lot. I think they're, you can see feints and fakes that they do that will come back mm-hmm. in round three when they throw something softly to see how he reacts and then they throw it with full power later. You're like, mm-hmm. God damn, he set that up in round one easy yeah. when everyone said he was taking it off. So it depends on what you're looking for. You know, like I think some people who watch American football will, are going to want to see a 40 to 30 point game. And I think some people don't mind a 10 to 7, mm-hmm. you know, defensive, grind it out, God damn, this, you know, time, type of game. So it's who, it's who you are, how you feel. Yeah, I always, um, or more and more, I'm sort of uh, liking it to a game like chess or Go or mm-hmm. even Backgammon where there's like. You're such a nerd. The, the, yeah. You're such a dork. Go, go. Where there's a, a beginning, <laughs> mid, and end game. Yep. You know, so. Sure. In, in chess, you have your opening positions. Yeah. Then most of what happens is your, your mid game. You're, you're taking pieces off the table. Then there's you know the end game of some sort. Same thing with go. You're mm-hmm. you're sort of structuring the board, and then you have these little battles, yeah. and then you know basically it's done, and you just fill out the board. And I think it's the same thing I with yeah. Muay Thai. You know you have these opening two rounds where it might seem slow, but they're positioning themselves 
everything, like you said, like setting they, it up. they're setting things yeah. up. Yeah. Um, and it looks initially like there's not a lot going on, but there's yeah. a lot of information that's being passed between the two fighters. Yeah, you just have to know. You, know you, what I mean? you, just, you just have, have to know. know. Like, you have I to watch, know the game. Yeah, you know? If I watch a certain sport, I don't know, be a lot of sports, I'd be like, I don't know what's going on here. I, I don't yeah. see what's going on because I don't see the way the plays are going out. You know, I don't watch, I don't watch rugby. I don't watch uh, cricket or something. Yeah. So it's just like, I don't get it. But when you start to get it, you're like, damn, this is really, this is a, I mean, it's a chess match with dire consequences. Yeah. That's what I always say on the mic about uh, Muay Thai. Uh, real quick though, do you always do these naked or is it just this one? Oh, just this one. Just this one? Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. No, I'm comfortable I, with it. I'm fine with it. It's fine. I just wasn't sure if it was everyone. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I, I really like the way... Uh, my naked buttocks feels on your nice soft yeah, sort of is this great. genuine leather oh yeah it is yeah oh, and for uh, anyone anyone listening uh the, the the age answer question is yes the tattoos on his arm are also on his penis <laughs> which i should have known i should have yeah. known okay keep yeah. going now that's one. just wanted to clear the air yeah, yeah, yeah. thank you thank you um <laughs> <sighs> gotta take a breath a minute. Through your, through your it, curve no, no, I, I gotta like breathe down the boner because <laughs> dude, breathe up the boner too. <laughs> breathe Come down on, the dude. boner. So, uh, what is working at uh, Roger Demnern and Lumpini like? How would you describe those atmospheres? I don't want to be like too corny about it, but I have to be. It's such an honor when mm-hmm. I walk in, and that doesn't. That, even though I'm all like kind of like flipping about it or like whatever about it. Uh, about the job and stuff, trying to make it not a big deal. I do feel that in there. And then, like, when they recognize me and, like, when they know me and when the, the vendors outside, you know, are chatting with you and stuff, and you're just like, God damn, this is a piece of history. This is, like, no joke. You know what I mean? This is the, this is the real deal. This is the Madison Square Garden. So right away, there's a different feel just when I drive up. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, every time I'm like, holy shit. I made it. Yeah, kind of. I'm I like, holy it. shit. ZM GM Grand. You know, yeah. this is there's no better, no bigger, no better place to be, no bigger venue. So that first is is awesome, um, and then as far as it's you know the greatest fights, there's just the best mm-hmm. fights. So that, that that's hands down. But we sit ringside. This is just personal now, commentating wise. We sit ringside at Lumpini, but we sit up on the second tier mm. in Raja. That's a, that's not a bad view though, dude. It's like awesome. The, I actually, you know. I think ringside, the sort of seats at level are not as good as the tiered seats. Sure. Um, Oh, I miss stuff. I miss stuff a lot. I'll say it on the mic. I'll be like, did that land? Because I'm not looking at the camera, uh, at the monitor. A lot of times I'm looking at the fight. Yeah, I miss stuff all the time. We're up top, not really. Yeah, but that happens, I think, in general. Hmm. When you're commentating, it's hard to see everything from every angle. Like, the referee will get in the way or, you know something will happen uh-huh. and you just miss stuff yeah. but up there is better and also I can stand up up there so uh-huh. on a longer show you can just stand up Yeah. and then you can like since it's Raja and there's like those big it's like a not a bench but it's like those like concrete stadium yeah, yeah. seats so I can even like put my feet up I can lean back mm-hmm. I got drinks everywhere you know mm-hmm. what I mean I got like a coffee or water You just it's like an office so it's yeah. so much more chill like I'm so much more comfortable because when you're ringside like, I almost threw my pen in the ring I'm still like sweaty <laughs> even thinking about it I got so excited I threw my hand up and I felt my pen leave my hand and I grabbed it like in the <laughs> oh. air and my stomach dropped and I started sweating what if I threw my pen in the ring they might have fired everyone they might have just got AMT out of there I don't know what they would have done yeah, what an yeah. idiot 
So it's just like you have to be on your best behavior. Also, the blood splatter. Oh I got yeah, that on my, yeah. I got that on my clothes a lot. We were like, great. The time I, the time they make me wear a suit. Do you, do um? You put the paper. Oh yeah, yeah you, you, you saw, you saw so, that in the Jason's no, no, no. Um, Jason's post yeah. and you were like the classic because you yeah, got yeah. to the paper. So. Uh, for people that don't understand the reference, uh, a lot of times when you're working ringside, the fighters will get cut yep. and they start bleeding. And sometimes they bleed a lot, yeah. like a lot, a lot. And the blood will splatter outside of the ring. All over. And so you use your paperwork, like your information as yeah. umbrellas. Yeah, exactly. And, and like, you got to cover your drink. Yeah. If you have an open, like a, like a, like a red pixie cup, it's, the blood's going in your drink. It's oh, done. Yeah, 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 no, no, no. no. I, you every, cover your drink. Everything has yeah. like a bottle well, cap. It should be covered it. anyways because all electronics. But anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I've definitely been bled on. You yeah, know, seeing. I, I don't. Um, I think it's just part of the game. I swore on a Kunlun card. Um, oh, we can swear on this, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, I'm so swearing. I swore on a Kunlun card. I think I swore already. Uh, we swore on a Kunlun card because it was. Something happened, and it was it was the uh, uh, we're never in the corner, so I don't know why the trainer would have been with the fighter in a in a neutral corner, mm-hmm. but the trainer was there, and this trainer loved to. They were like from like Russia or something like Eastern European. He loved to put water in his mouth and spit the water on uh. the fighter <laughs> yeah, in yeah, the yeah. fighter's face. So he did that in the corner and got it all over me. Yeah, and I stood up and was like, "What the." Dude, like right in the middle of the fight. Like I don't care, man. I got fired from that job anyways. And I know both of those guys would have demolished me. But just as a as a man, you're not gonna let yeah. another man spit on you and be like, okay. Yeah. So I stood up and was like, what the fuck, dude? He looked at me. I go, yeah, man. Like, what are you doing, dude? You're an idiot. You spit all over everyone. Get your shit together, right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Luckily, they were they're Chinese. They didn't know what I was saying, but that was I was angry. I was angry because the, the blood stuff. There's nothing they could do. He didn't, yeah, yeah, he didn't have to spray spit on me. What are you, Triple H? Like Jesus Christ, dude. Anyways, <laughs> you see how I'm angry. Yeah, you you're getting very hyped up about. So it was the... cool, but uh, Braja is uh, is cool because we're up on the tier, and then uh, I guess any anyone would realize the way it is ringside. It's 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 pretty dope as well, though. You know, yeah, you feel for it and all that stuff. Ra- Roger is definitely cool. Yeah, yeah. Lumpini is good too. Yeah, it's, it's definitely. So how would you compare that with uh, like Kunlun because it's Kunlun you were doing kickboxing, yeah, right? Yeah, well, it's the same snow elbows. Yeah, you know. A lot of um, tie fighters and stuff. Yeah, I mean... No clinch. No clinching. Yeah. We saw... Uh, or there's a lot of good uh, tie fighters on mm. the Kunlun and uh, China scene, like Pet Tanong, who we were sure. talking about yeah. off-air and Superbon as well. But what was that experience okay. like working those shows? So those shows, there was no information. And this was great for me. So my first job... The, the guy left. He went back. My, my co-host went back to, um, to Canada. So I did it by myself. Mm-hmm. So I was all by myself, which was, oh, which was The dope. show at the Ambassador. At the Ambassador. Mm-hmm. So that was dope because I had to carry the whole show, mm-hmm. which is really good because when you're able to do 100% of the job and all of a sudden they're like, here's someone who's going to do 30% for you because normally I have to intro everything and mm-hmm. then they're just kind of like the, the, the technique guy. So I'm still going to do 60% of it. But you're like, damn, that's so easy now. Mm-hmm. So I had, to, I had to do the brunt of everything. Then I go to Kunlun, and they give you no information. They don't help you at all. No one can speak English at all. We don't know when to go. We don't know if they're at commercial. We don't know. Oh, wow. So there's dancers now coming out doing ninja shit? The fuck is, like, what is this? Seven, I did a seven and a half hour show. Oh, really? 21 fights, 
two dancing shits and no knockouts. Okay, I had a rash down my leg. Honestly, I had a rash down my leg just from my jeans, from wearing, from from sweating my balls off. So. They give you no information. Nobody's in your ear. They, sometimes they give us the sheets with like, oh, here's all your information. And you're like, I told you I can't read Chinese. Mm-hmm. Told you I can't. So I got to like translate it and mm-hmm. do like weird shit and the internet. And then China. Oh, the worst. So then <laughs> you go, uh, then you go to Channel 7 and then Kevin's the best. He just handles everything and knows everything. That's yeah. fine. Then you go to AMT and there's a producer. There's a there's a, a pre-meeting. There's a post-meeting. There's a guy in your ear. There's a, a line producer next to you. If you need anything, you're texting the producer right there. So wow. it's like, once you do that, you're just like, like, I went to boot, I went to boot camp before that. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it would have been if that was my first gig. Mm-hmm. Like, I went to boot camp. I was in a show, a dirty-ass show, nobody's helping you. And then you're doing a great show where nobody's helping you. And you're like, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. You know, so like, that kind of really helped me. So working at AMT now... Now it's so professional. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a New York company. They do fights in New York. They do a Friday, Friday night fight, fights, yeah. which is the longest running uh, Muay Thai show in, I think, North America. Oh, yeah, see, it's, yeah. A, it's awesome. It's monthly. Yep. It's, they've been doing it forever. It's so dope. When they started doing that, I was like, thank God. Because it was just like, we're just going to make your job easier. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, perfect. Yeah. You know, so that kind of stuff. But I'm happy that I did it because. It just got me better. You know, just kind of like run with it. Just go with it. Just run with it. Just figure it out. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) obviously all these different experiences have led you to where you are in Mm. your career now. Um, You know, you've done the Ambassador Fight Nights, which is low level. And then that led you to uh, Kunlun and then Channel 7. And UFC Fight Pass. (laughs) Um, What? Obviously we're in Asia, and so... It's hard for me, at least, to tell the the sort of influence of UFC Fight Pass. What do you think? How how big is UFC Fight Pass? Like impacting? How big is the show impacting the United States? Okay, so UFC Fight Pass, for I guess for anyone who doesn't know, is the Netflix of fighting. It's not just the UFC; they're putting everything on there. But as far as the logistics of it, I'm not privy to any of that mm-hmm. information, That's nor do I even want it. It's not even like I'm like, I can't say it. They don't even tell me. They're like, yeah, beat yeah. it, nerd. What are you talking about? What are you doing here? Mm-hmm. But all I know is I constantly promote myself, Teddy, Teddy Mulvey on Instagram. I just nonstop say it. Mm-hmm. And people contact me. Mm-hmm. Guys in Virginia, ladies in L.A., people in New York. Ladies in L.A.? Yeah, man. Ooh. Um, and they're constantly contacting me. They're in their living room. They're showing it. I'm giving them shout outs mm-hmm. and then they'll show the shout out and put it on their story and be like, mm-hmm. Oh, what's up? People are constantly like, that was hilarious what you said. So all I know is it is, I don't know how many people, maybe those eight people that contact me are the only people that watch it. Mm-hmm. I hope not. But for them to do that knows that it's working. Yeah. So I do get contact with people all around the world that say not all the time. But yeah, I do yeah. get direct messages. I ask them for it. And then I give them a shout out on the next show. And then, so I know that people are watching it. I know that people are enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And I had one guy that blasted me. Long paragraph. Okay, you're an adult. What are you doing? We're both grown men. Weird. But okay. Long paragraph. How annoying I was. Stop saying. I mean, I understand not- that. All right, dude. <laughs> Wait. And then, what was his handle? 
No, shut up. You're going to be his best friend now, you fucking jerk. Um, well, I, you know. Oh, did I say it? Yeah, Brant, Brant, Brant Johnson. Yeah, Brant Johnson. So he oh. gave me a... Shut up. <laughs> shut up. So he gave me a long email about how bad I was. And I'm like, whoa. All right, dude. Um, Like, sorry. You know, I wasn't going to like fight yeah. him back. I'm like, sorry, dude. I'll do whatever I can to like make it better. Maybe I'll be quieter. I won't yell as much. That's it. Yeah. Cool. And he's like, yeah, eat a dick. <laughs> then three days later, he goes, dude. I just watched everything you've ever done. Mm -hmm. He goes, I love it. I'm so sorry. Keep doing it. It took me a while to get onto it. Like when you're not there and someone else is there, I couldn't even watch it. It was horrible in the beginning before they got you and all this stuff. And I'm like, mm -hmm. Jesus. Awesome, yeah, dude. That's cool. It's really cool, man. I was like, well, thanks, yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah um, one guy on Twitter said, it's be I'm better on mute. <laughs> um, you don't have to laugh at that because it hurts. Um, yeah, one guy. Yeah, uh, a lot of I, bad do, stuff. A lot do you of know, uh, what is it, my favorite word? Schadenfrau? Laughing? No. German word for laughing at someone else's pain. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, you love that. I know you love that. Um, so I've gotten a lot of hate. So tell me more about yeah. like, some of these. So I've gotten anger. a lot of those, but mostly love. Mostly love. And yeah. with the hate, I always just say like... Um, I always just say I'm sorry. I never like fight him back. I always just say like I'm sorry. Like I'll do better next time. Or if you have any, if you have any, uh, any anything like that, then it's all good. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I think people don't realize like <laughs> you, what it takes to be sitting behind the mic and to be like there. Well, I'm doing it every week though. Yeah, it's not like these shows like a Kunlun where it's like every two months. Yeah. I'm going. I'm going six times a week. For four hours. Yeah. Oh, sorry if I messed up one time. Yeah. Oh, sorry if I repeat a word. Yeah. Sorry if I want to be memorable. Bro, I'm doing this nonstop. It's difficult. And yeah. one cool thing about Kun Loon is we brought a few people in when we were doing the backlogs where it was like, these are old fights that we want to just like kind of like throw on to the app. Mm -hmm. So there were some people that were like, oh, oh, you, you, you think you can do this? Come on in. We wouldn't give them the live show. We'd give them the backlog. Yeah. And they shut up immediately. Yeah, they yeah. thought they were so cool. It's kind of like when you're yelling at the game show. Yeah, get on the prices right and try and answer that question. Yeah, it's easy yeah. when you're sitting in your living room with your Cheeto fingers, you're screaming at the <laughs> right? It's a lot more pressure when the, light, when the lights are on. Yeah, it's a lot absolutely. more pressure. And for any other commentator that has to deal with that, one thing that I fight with the producers of everything I've ever done is uh, being honest about a mess up. For some reason, they don't want you to say a mess up. Like if someone messes up or if, if someone got the red and the blue corners wrong, oh, really? they're like, just keep going, just keep going. And you're like, wait, what? So I like to M&M myself, eight mile M&M myself. So if I make a mess up and don't address it, then that's when that guy in his mom's basement yeah he's yeah, like yeah. he said this wrong oh you go oh, great yeah, eye buddy yeah. you don't think i saw that i fucking saw that so now anytime i mess up or anytime mm -hmm. I, my co-host messes up i immediately laugh at him and bring it right to the forefront mm -hmm. so that no one else can comment about it yeah and i think that's the best thing to do yeah i mean people mess up it's yeah. not really that big of a deal sure. you know i work all the time with rob cox he messes up yeah. you know I've been working at Max for four years. I mess up. Yeah, you mess like, up it's sometimes. not yeah, yeah, it's a fine. big deal. I just address it so then the internet nerds yeah. can't really like blast me. I don't know. We were on a tangent there. I don't yeah. know what the first question. Okay. I don't know what the first question was. Yeah, I. I but you know what? I'm just gonna get naked too then. No. Yeah. Is that oh, cool? Thanks. That's no, fine. I, Let's just do it together then. Uh, okay, well, cool. you can get rid of cool. your g-string. Okay. It's the leather g-string has been looking good. It's all right. I sort of like the studs. Okay. I don't know why you have so many studs on the back, but. We'll get you know. into that in the next podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So you've obviously been working for about four years, commentating ringside. Yeah. You've yeah. been here in Thailand for a long time. What do you think it's going to take for Muay Thai to go more international? And how do you think the sport is um, developing? Well, I think uh, what we said before, a little bit of what we said before the podcast, you've got to get invested in the fighters if Americans are going to want to do it. You've got to put graphics up of like their gym and who else is at their gym. Like now I'm starting to say that where it's just like, this is a lightweight division. And then I'm like, here's the top three guys in the lightweight division. Keep saying their names. Keep mm -hmm. saying like who's in the division, who's, who's there, like stats and stuff. Because that's what runs the NFL the NBA, we love those. We love knowing the guys. The show. and I think a show. I think a, um, a, a a stadium, not stadium, a studio show, would do it too. Like a, inside the NBA, mm -hmm. like have an actual studio show where people can watch it. You can't watch seven hours of Muay Thai all week. We're going to work. But mm -hmm. I know everything that happens in the NBA right now. I don't watch every NBA game. Do you know why I know? Because I watch 30-minute clips of a guy showing me the highlights. Mm -hmm. I don't have that here because it's all in Thai. So a highlight show, immediately, anyone steal my idea. Please steal my idea. Do a highlight show and make me easier at my job. I'm mm -hmm. trying to do one. Nobody will back me for it. I don't know why. That, getting them invested. And mm -hmm. maybe... Not really changing their names. Like, I don't know if it's going to be like Steve versus John just for it's easier for the foreigners. I don't think so. But, like, I think they can keep their names. But just let us know who they are and, like, mm -hmm. kind of, like, more tournaments, too. Channel 7 did a really good thing with that Tiger Cement tournament where it's, like, their main guys, everybody knows their main guys. Their mm -hmm. title fights, their famous guys, everyone knows their main guys. So what are we going to do with all these guys that nobody knows about? They throw them in a tournament. Mm -hmm. and then you start watching them week in and week out and then from now on I know there's 16 guys in the tournament or 32 I guess whatever out of those 16 guys in that one tournament that I saw I'll recognize 6 of them yeah, if they walk I'll, around the I'll, street I'll, yeah, just I'll because I saw him fight a bunch not yeah. only did I see him fight a bunch I know that he won and then he lost oh shit now in order for him to get into the next bracket he's got to win this one or, or, or he lost one but he can come back yeah. that whole that whole idea that what do I want to say that it's whole, a narrative that narrative if it's you can a narrative. just paint the narrative yeah. it'll blow up there is no narrative yeah and that, that's it that, that's the only thing that's the easiest thing yeah I know uh, I used to work the Saturday shows at Max Muay Thai and there's a four man tournament and there's so there's always a narrative to the show so it's super exciting so you see like oh the first fight one guy like wins by a knockout in the semifinals the other semifinals it's dragged out it goes into extension route so you have a final with a super fresh guy versus a tired guy uh -huh. what the fuck is gonna happen yeah. and it's it, it makes you more invested in it totally i think one of the uh unfortunate problems right now is i think it, a lot of it has to do with the language barrier um like people interviewing the fighters you mean like having well, the fighters talk to the fans well mean? just there's you don't know people's stories as much. Yeah. Because, like, all the news is in Thai. So you can't find out, like, Lama Moon Lek's uh, story about his last three fights and who he fought. Um, you know, you don't know where he's from. Um, so you can't really imagine him that well. You just know, oh, he's a Thai kid. But even if you just you know, knew, just because we, we say where he's from, but even if you just knew where he's from, his gym... And his last couple fights, but then you just gotta have him come again. You gotta yeah. remember him. He's gotta fight again. That's why in a tournament they're constantly fighting again. Otherwise, you're gonna just miss him. Yeah. You gotta know him. You know what I mean? You just gotta know him and 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 just be invested in it. And then that's it. And then more graphics. 
because there's so much. Like, I remember the first time I watched like a, a, a Premier League. This was a long time ago. I first got to Thailand. It was like Premier League. Like this is the biggest sport in the world. And there was like two guys on chairs that were just like, oh yeah, and then the game went to the game. Like, oh my god, in America they're screaming at each mm -hmm. other. There's a time clock to say when they're gonna stop talking about this. There's things going down across the screen. Mm -hmm. It's like gonna give you an epileptic seizure just <laughs> by watching the sports. It's like if you could do something like that, mm -hmm. Americans would love it. That kind of stuff, who they are, who like, they fought, stats on the screen, uh, how many knockouts he's had as we're talking to the guy, how many like, anything you can put on there. So like a ticker basically, right? <laughs> constant information about yeah. the fighters Something and like the that. fights. Anything. Like, just anything that mm -hmm. we can take and eat. Anything that we can take home um, that we can know about. Because everyone loves being the smartest guy in the bar. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Everyone loves like knowing that guy. So if you just know who he is. Or even give the information at the beginning of the fight. Mm -hmm. Just so even in the middle of the fight you can be like, damn, this guy's on, this guy won three in a row. Or damn, this guy got knocked out. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why he's taking a step back. He got knocked out. Or he lost his three fights. Of course he's not going to go out there put himself out there. Just something. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's, there's absolutely nothing. What, what sort of information do you get when you're commentating for Absolute? Uh, so we get, uh, obviously we get names, weights, heights. Um, and then the I get the betting sheet from Raja. Mm -hmm. And I can tell. I know the word for win and loss. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then there, there's, there's a Thai woman who speaks pretty good English. She does something. She, the, is she the ringside and, no, and not? No, no, no. She, so. she just works behind the scenes. She's like an audio, art, audio, visual mm -hmm. girl, I guess, whatever, woman. So I'll ask her, like, who fought who. So mm -hmm. I do know that information. I do know in the last few fights. You, and Jason you, now has a Bible. So Jason now has, I call it the Bible. Jason now records everything. So when a guy's fighting, he'll look back through his book. Mm -hmm. And he has all the absolute white ties that he's done. So that's cool. So oh, Jason, that's smart. he'll put in the time where he'll come in and be like, that guy fought on absolute Muay Thai 34. Mm -hmm. But if we could now get the, if we could now get the producer or whatever to cut that a one minute cut of him and show that while he's doing his, while he's doing his wrong boy, right, right, show right. a highlight of him in the last one, no. either win or loss, that would be dope. That's yeah, the that's, way to tell the story. A, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. We also do the, I don't know if you watch absolute Muay Thai, but we do the, what kicks judging what yeah, judges yeah, look yeah, at we do all that yeah because it's two minute breaks yeah that's really I so think that's, that's really helpful I think people are going to start copying that I think, I think yeah. a lot of shows are going to start copying that or they should start copying they that they should yeah. um, those I mean, are dope especially a two minute break is pretty long yeah. uh, you know it's, and the like we were talking about before the first two rounds can seem a bit boring if you don't sure. know what's going on, exactly. So, like you, you know, if you're able to fill that up with, you know, information of some sort, you know, talk over, yeah. okay, scoring stuff, blah blah blah, yeah. you know, okay, opening, you talk we do the about rules of Muay Thai. What's that? In the beginning, we do the rules of Muay the Thai. Rules Just come up on a graphic. Good. Yeah. The <laughs> other thing with um, the gambling sheets is a lot of times they they'll highlight the favorites. Yeah. Which is uh -huh. always interesting. Like we talk about that. Yeah, we talk um, about that. Because, like, I think, um, I, you know, the the gambling is a big part of the stadiums. You know, there's sort of like the sure. entertainment side with the shows like Max and you know, uh, like One Championship is an entertainment show. Sure. Um, and then there's the traditional stadiums like Lumpini, Raja Dimner, and the the gambling plays a big part in it. Um, and I think you, that's its own separate game that impacts, 
you know, the the main game. Well, I gave a shout out to our producer, Paul, just recently because I started noticing what he was doing. And if there was a clinch war in round three, well, guess what video we're getting? Clinch video. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If I notice a better screaming saying, I'm giving you 70000 if you knock this dude out, and I mention that, well, guess what? He, he goes to the betting. So he's starting to tell the story and the continuity yeah. to the fight, and that's dope, too. I love that. AMT, Absolute Muay Thai yeah. on UFC Fight Pass. <laughs> you love it. The, <laughs> and, like, it, it does play an important role in understanding, like... You know, the fighters can look, you know, at the crowd really quick. I remember I interviewed Yusuf Bonham oh, yeah. a long time ago, and he was like, when you fight, you have to listen to uh, three different people. You need to listen to your corner. You need to listen to a referee. You need to listen to the gamblers. So the corner gives you advice about what you should do, like, in the fight. Uh -huh. The referee will tell you, like... Okay, break, you know, yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. There, a lot of times the referees will also give you fight instructions too. Yeah. And then um, the the gamblers will let you know where you are in the fight. If you're winning or losing. If you're winning yeah. or losing. Sure. And the the thing about corners is they're, they're going to be a bit more biased about where you are in the fight. Whereas the gamblers yeah, no will always... Sure. Will one hundred percent be like you are winning? <laughs> yeah, you are losing. You are losing. What the yeah, fuck yeah, are you yeah. fucking doing? Yeah. Like you know, um, he's, gonna sell, he's gonna have to sell his truck if this guy loses. Some yeah, of those betters yeah. are degenerate gamblers, man. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's so cool. So uh, and then I've just a few more questions. How do you feel when you commentate? And have, has your feelings about it changed over time? Um, if I feel that I'm kind of bad at it, like when I used to play basketball, I was never like thinking, even though strategically things were going in my head, I was just reacting. You know what I mean? I love that. And that's where the, my best commentating comes from that, when I'm just not doing anything. I'm just in the moment and you're just done like, oh shit. But when I'm kind of in my head or thinking about something or feeling something, I, I tend to like... I don't know, stumble over my words or something or like try and think of like jokes that just don't land rather than have them like organically come out. Mm. But uh, I guess just excitement, if it's an exciting fight, boring if it's a boring fight, obviously, you know, things like that, normal emotions. And then just, again, I said before, so happy to be there. Uh, has it changed? Yeah, I used to be super nervous. Mm -hmm. And now I'm just like, nah, the show's probably going to go really good. Yeah. You know, now I'm like, I'm all right. I know what to say. I know how to start it up. I know what to say. Mm -hmm. I have my, like, linkers. Like, if I want to, like, say um, a new thing or whatever, I can do it. But if I have to go to an old script, I, I know what I'm going to yeah. say in the beginning and in the intro. I know do what you, I'm going to do. Do so you have, um, do you have key lines? Yeah. What are some of your, like... Uh, are you not entertained? Oh, are you not entertained? No better place to be. Wait, the mecca you... of Muay Thai. What, um, the belly of the beast, Bangkok, Thailand. Oh, the belly of the uh -huh. beast, Bangkok, Thailand is a good one. Mm -hmm. Are you not entertained is from what? Gladiator. Gladiator? Uh -huh. Oh, that's appropriate. Yeah. Um, any other And ones? I call them that, these modern day gladiators in this yeah. modern day coliseum. You yeah. know, it's not like no, like I mean, that. it's... A couple more, yeah, I'll say it's those. It's very true. So. Yep, I'll say those little, little zingers. Yeah. Um, and then, not afraid of taking a man's body. Oh, that's a good one. When, any, when anyone says, like, look at his back or his legs, I'm like, well, here at AMT, we're not afraid to take in a man's body <laughs> and appreciate his body. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll say that as well. well I, <laughs> I, I want For those of you listening and not viewing, you're missing out 
I'm yeah. really taking in a man's yeah, body. Yeah, we're both right naked. Here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, how, um, how you've been involved in the industry for at least four years. You've been so, yeah. out here in Thailand for 14. over 14 years. Well, yeah. How have you seen the sport evolved and what direction do you see it going? Um, early in the sport, I ought to admit, I don't know much about it. A lot of people get upset. Not a lot of people, but some people who think they should have my job get a little upset about how much I don't know. Like, they'll try and quiz me when they see me, and I can tell that they're, like, mad about it. Like, you don't even know who, you don't even know who the champions are. I'm like, yeah, I don't, dude. I don't, I don't know, man. I, I don't fucking know. Um, so I don't really know much about it, but, like, as I feel like, how has it changed? I haven't been at the elite level for really that long. Like, it's changed in mine because I went from, you know, bullshit shows, basically, to, to the top shows. So that's changed as far as mm -hmm. the fighting quality has changed. But as far I don't think I've been at the top long enough to really speak that way. But I do notice that some of the younger kids are starting earlier. They're not doing the round one and two takeoffs. Mm -hmm. Not some of the younger kids, under 20. Mm -hmm. They're starting to just fight from the beginning. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I've been noticing that, like a little ethos change. I guess that would be the only thing. Anything else would just be speculation. I don't think I've been. I don't think I know enough mm -hmm. for that question to tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Yeah. That, no, that's fine. Do you think those kids will sort of settle down and it's just like early excitement, or do you think that they're they're seeing a shift in the sort of landscape of the sport, so they're like getting started earlier yeah i was wondering that too i was wondering if it's like they're just trying to make their name for themselves and that but really some of them are 19 years old they already have a name for themselves they've been fighting for 10 years yeah. at 19 years old mm -hmm. so i don't know i don't know what they're doing i don't know if they're just like they don't want that old way but then jason says that back in like the 90s or something that's what they did anyways yeah he says it so maybe they're just going they're not it's not a new thing maybe they're just going back to the 90s because maybe that's who they watched like maybe I maybe that's who they watched, right? Mm -hmm. Like when they were eight years old, that's who they looked up to. Mm -hmm. So they're just trying to fight like that guy. Yeah, I, I don't know. And then maybe the next generation is looking at these fighters now, the kids who are ten now, and then they, when they get up to that age, they're going to be like, "Well, this is how I practice shadow boxing was mm -hmm. taking a time, teat, like an easy mm -hmm. teat kick, not to come out full balls." Yeah. So I, I actually don't know, but I hope that they do because. A lot of them, a lot, if, they, if they want to go worldwide, a lot of the world doesn't want them to take off yeah, to the first two rounds. Yeah, to do the slow opening, opening rounds where it's hard to understand what's going on unless you know the game. No, unless you're a champion or something, I don't think anyone's going to care. If you put in the work, I don't think anyone's mm -hmm. going to care. You can do whatever you want. George St. Pierre does lay and pray and everybody loves him. You yeah. know what I mean? I, it's fine. It's okay. He still gets millions of dollars, but he's a champ. He yeah. didn't lay his praise way or, there. Or like uh, Floyd Mayweather. Exactly. You know, sure. like you, yeah. a lot of people are like, you're born Floyd, yeah. but people that are, he's like a boxer's boxer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he, he knows the game really well and he plays the game. And, you know, for casual fans, just that level of playing the game is boring. I just it's wish, not entertaining. No, and I wish that they would do it at least, at least in the beginning. You can't. Oh, you can't open a show with a Rom Moy for five and a half minutes, mm -hmm. three minutes of nothing, two minutes of nothing, three minutes of nothing, two minutes of nothing, <laughs> and then we're gonna start a fight. Click. 
I'm yeah. done. I'm mm-hmm. clicking it, man. So at least maybe in the beginning, if they're trying to get worldwide, obviously Roger could care less. They're making ba- hand over foot money. You know what I mean? They're fine. Sponsors are fine. Yeah. Channel Seven's fine. So I don't really know if they care. But if they want to go worldwide, at least the beginning fight, just tell the guys, you've got to go out there. You've got yeah. to put Muay Thai on your back. And you've got to do this. You've got to just go out there and, and go to war. But the longevity won't be there, right? Because the if you're going to go balls to the walls for five rounds, you're going to be an idiot at 300 fights if you even make mm-hmm. it to that fight. Yeah. So it's like if they do take off the first two rounds, fight for a round and a half. And then you've seen it too and I've seen it. They take off the fifth round. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. So this guy had a five-round fight. No, he fought for four and a half minutes and took the win. Now, that's why he four, has... Four and a half rounds. N- no, four and a half minutes, uh-huh. basically, to take yeah. the win. That's all he did. I've seen that, where a guy fights for three minutes in the third round. Oh, yeah, And then yeah, fights yeah. for a minute and a half in the fourth, takes the fourth, and takes off the whole fifth. You're like, God damn, you fought for five minutes. <laughs> but it's like, that's how he has 300 fights. That's how he still hangs yeah. out with his kids. That So I don't want any of that CTE shit going on, but like, God damn. Yeah. God, it sucks. And it sucks as a commentator to mm-hmm. fill... Fucking yeah. 14 minutes before anything happened, especially when you don't have the storyline to talk about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not even like you can talk about their, their past or anything. That's, that's tough. One of the interesting things that uh, Timo Rouge did with Muay Thai's is he had like the stadiums, the, a lot of the stadium shows uh, filmed, and he would just cut, uh, cut the Perfect. first two rounds unless it was super exciting yeah. or something happened. Because part of it was uh, regulations about timing um, at, like, how much video tape he could have. But, um, you know, it's also, like, people were only watching these two-round, three-round fights at the stadiums. And so it would just be, like, three, four, and part of five. Yeah, perfect. And then, like, you know, you're you're looking at the action right away. Sometimes we start late because... It's Thailand and, and it's America and it's yeah. it's a problem and we've got to hit eight and things happen. There's a knockout or it's not a knockout. But the shows that we've had, it's been perfect because right at eight o'clock at Raja, round three hits. Yeah. And we open a show with round three. Yeah, and that's then perfect. At the end of that round, I now have so much filler because we can talk about what happened in round one and two. Yeah. Even if nothing happened, that's a couple minutes that we can mm-hmm. talk about it, what they're doing and everything. It's been the best shows have been when they're just that first fight starts at round three. It's mm-hmm. better for us. It's better for the crowd. Everyone's there. It's so dope. <laughs> so um, just to sort of wrap things up, was there anything we didn't talk about that you would have wanted to talk about? Yeah, you were a fighter. I was a fighter. You were a fighter. Yeah. Huge question I've always wanted to ask a fighter. When you're in the clinch, mm-hmm. how do you handle your boner? <laughs> or do you just let it ride? The same way I handle my boner when I'm talking with you. Perfect. That's what I want. No. All right, cool. I think that's about it. No. Um, what else do I want to talk about? No, I guess that's it. Was there anything? Um, no. Yeah, that's it. Okay, well, thank you so much. For coming on the show, Teddy, um, make sure to tune in to uh, Absolute uh, Muay Thai. And what are good ways for people to learn more about you or see your stuff? Uh, Teddy Mulve at uh, Instagram, T-E-D-D-Y-M-U-L-V-A-G-H, Instagram. I got a Facebook, but that's only posted through Instagram now. I just do Facebook for like people falling over and like funny videos and stuff. Okay. And IG, that's it. Yeah, cool, man. Cool. Thank you so much. Yep.
So that wraps up our interview with Teddy. Uh, thank you so much for listening. As always, you can follow me on Instagram, MattLucasBKK. Email me at aperiodmattlucas uh, at gmail.com. Uh, pick up my new book, I'm Fighting in Thailand, on Amazon.com. Um, thank you so much for listening. I think Teddy brought a lot to the table, including some raunchy jokes. Uh, but, you know... That's how life goes sometimes. And you got to roll with the punches. Um, So thank you so much. This has been I'm Fighting in Thailand. The best news and analysis covering the economics and infrastructure of Muay Thai. I'm Matt Lucas, journalist, commentator, and ex-Muay Thai fighter. Make stronger fighters. Make stronger people.